to Small Town Radio. I'm your host, Maxim, and that is your host, Connor. Are you kidding me? No, I'm you not. I'm not me. fucking around anymore. <laughs> you denied me the right? I'm denying you the right to not say your name. I I don't I don't know what to say anymore. Uh you're off the podcast. You're off the island. <laughs> I See, people at home don't know the dynamic of our podcast, which is I supply all the equipment <laughs> and technical support. Yeah. And then so I'm that makes here. sense why I'm off now. Yeah. You um, can just do it in a, in a shoebox in the shower. I'm the insane visionary who just says what needs to happen. And then Connor does all the legwork. No, that's not true. I want to help, but I don't know anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you said we're small town radio. Yeah. You said your name is Maxim. I have said nothing. So that's yeah. still in line with my, uh, my, my, the way I introduce myself. Nice. 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 Cool. I guess, uh, I played into your sick little game there. I did. I, Lee's also here. Yeah. Again. We also have our friend Lee here again. So she's spectating. It's okay if she laughs sometimes because we're hilarious. Because well, we're me. hilarious and normal. This isn't a podcast for robots. People laugh. Um, so we just launched. We do- Oh, yeah. By the time you hear this, this is all launched. Yeah. Yeah. So we've we made it. We I'm guessing we have thousands upon zeros of listeners somewhere. Thousands between, upon zeros. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere. I'm guessing our listeners are somewhere between three and seven feet tall for the most part. Wow. That's a that's a range. That's yeah, quite a that's range. Your, I this our demographic is not people who are one feet tall, one foot tall. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. We're also aiming for people who listen to podcasts and not people who just hear this in like a bodega playing over the speakers and they're like, Jesus Christ, who's talking? That would be uh, that's the right person to ask though if you don't know. You know, it'd be funny if you're on a train and the subway conductor pitched his podcast to everyone. You still wouldn't be able to tell what he was saying. Podcast. They'd be like, did he just pitch his podcast to us, or is there some emergency on the tracks? I um. Well, I, exactly. Great. Exactly. Point. Great point. Yeah. Um. I so I did all the the editing uh, this past weekend. We like went through all of the episodes, mm-hmm. and it's uh. So I like found where I was an idiot. Like mm-hmm. in a lot of places, like I said, instead of extraordinary in one place, I said extraordinarily, and it was just. Did you edit out the no, Lee? Did uh, you edit out the adverb no, part it was, of it? Would not have been the <laughs> would not have been worth it. But I basically like the two way uh, the the reverse petting zoo. That is an office thing. Okay. I don't know if you remember that. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, um, it's a it's a two way petting zoo. Not a reverse petting zoo. So you pet the animals, zoo. they pet you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to remember that point, but those are the things that stuck out to me. It was like, wow, that was dumb. Like, I, I messed that Well, that I feel up. I feel bad for not getting the reference because I've seen The Office through, like, front to back so many times, and it just did not ring a bell. Well, that's okay. I, also, we never looked this up. We didn't look up a lot of stuff. We we're like, let's come back and do more research. Yeah, we it. never That's, do that. We didn't. But um, I one thing I want to circle back to, I didn't get the research for. Maybe I'll do it for next time. But what would you do for a Klondike? Oh, what would I do for a well, Klondike? No, that's not the question. Do you remember we were trying to figure out was that people being like, yes, yes, gold? I, I did look this up. And yes, uh, what I said in the episode is 100% true in that 
what would you do for a Klondike bar? Speaking of the Klondike ice cream bar, that expression comes from like they're actually implying that the Klondike bar is made of gold, like a bar of gold. So I was spot on. You were okay, good. Because I also think that's really a weird way to capitalize what is now an ice cream treat. It was like, would you would you live in uh, what was it, <laughs> Doss, the town of the city of Dawson, little better than hell on earth for a Klondike bar? <laughs> would you live in this uh, unlivable tundra landscape for an ice cream sandwich? Oh, I definitely just drank right into that mic. Well, yeah. <laughs> the thing we discussed beforehand, don't drink right into the microphone. What, what would you do for a Klondike bar, ice cream bar? How far would you go for one? Like the bodega. Yeah, just go Yeah, that's about as far. If if they made some vegan ones, I'd be super down. I'd be They're eating good. that shit all the time. Yeah. You know what I miss? I miss Twix ice cream bars. You ever have those? Those, those are good. Amazing. Very good. Um before we jump into our towns though we should tell people to oh yeah subscribe yeah rate and subscribe us yes on Um, itunes and if you rate and subscribe uh i think you can only rate on apple podcasts um slash itunes i think uh just just listen to us and then maybe compliment us but you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at st radio pod um twitter is a little inactive we'll just be announcing like episode releases but instagram is where we'll probably be more lively for you guys um at least up front right and then on top of that if you have town suggestions that you want us to talk about feel free to email us at uh small town radio podcast at gmail.com so you can uh yeah hit us up and we'll talk about the stuff you guys want to talk about maybe yeah maybe probably we ha- we hold editorial control still yeah um also if you want to hear more about hampstead new hampshire like i think that's uh, i i think that's going to be our the majority of our audience yeah hampsteaders hamsters yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wish we were we were the hampstead hawks but we should have been the hampstead hamsters that would been cool middle school back in the day um so we talked about who's going first this time Are you ready is there other things other things we want to talk about? Um, yeah. I don't think so. I think if you're listening to this, uh, I just want to say thank you. And I know I've been very annoying on Instagram, if you're one of my friends, uh, about promoting this. So if you've made it to episode five, bless your heart. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have no sympathy for the the bombardment I've done on Instagram. No You sympathy. deserved it. You deserved it, yeah. Um, no, con- but that was very kind. Yeah. That was, that was very thoughtful. I am a very thoughtful, kind person. Thank yeah. you very much. That's that's our whole thing. If you if you take one thing away from this podcast, it's that we're good people, objectively. Objectively. <laughs> objectively. And basically, if you don't get along with us in real life, it's on you, you. should take that to heart, because <laughs> that means you got problems. That's how I address all new friendships. Yeah. Not my fault. It's definitely yours. It's definitely your fault. I have proof that I'm an angel, literally. <laughs> Are you dead? Is that me? No. But I've been calling you a sweet little angel all week because <laughs> you're so nice. <laughs> you walked out of the mic and I was like, goodbye, my sweet angel. And I don't know if you heard it. <laughs> I heard the trail end of it, but I didn't know if you were going to say that and the door was going to close and then you're just going to shit all over me. No, you're, you're too nice, Connor. 
Yeah, that's compared what, everyone at, at home. You may have noticed by listening to this podcast, but compared, I'm very mild in real life, and compared to Connor, I'm a fucking wild animal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like a rabid dog who just ended up in his apartment, he's, and he's like, "Would you like to take a seat?" He's uh, <laughs> saying that because he knows my parents listen, and I paid him five hundred dollars. Just kidding, yeah. mom and dad. I love you so much. <laughs> Sweetest <laughs> angel. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible. Thing, way to be set up though because that means the fall is going to be so much further in the end so much further you mean when we get canceled 400 episodes in for you having a mental breakdown or something yeah yes Tight. that's what's gonna happen that's that's cool I, I i hope we have like a huge rise to fame and fortune with the podcast and people love it and then i get involved in some heavy drugs you start spending a lot of money on gambling and the whole thing goes south we have a epic decline we we want we want a biopic movie to be made about this <laughs> podcast one day wow podcast the new rock and roll wouldn't that be crazy i think i think there's some people who like think about it like that if anything this is like par for the course for being in your 20s in 2019 oh yeah yeah for sure but are you ready are you rocking and rolling? Yeah, I am. I think I'm done <laughs> jabbering about nothing. Yeah, it's like eight minutes. Of- <laughs> that was good. We'll fill it out. We'll fill it out. I uh, I like it. It's good to just catch up. You know, this yeah. is uh, that's the mental reminder. You know, before diving into a deep, dark conversation about small towns, talk. Yeah, talk a little. Warm it up. Do some crazy eights. Okay. <laughs> oh, and also thanks for watching. Yeah, thank I want you to bring for that thread all the way through. Yeah, I know um, it's hard to catch us at the the only time this episode plays during the week. Um, you know, eleven fifteen p.m. channel seven on your cathode ray tube. Yeah, it's hard to catch, but thank you. Yeah. Okay, town one. Are we ready for my for my first town? Connor? First town. You ready? Are we doing my my town okay i was gonna say do we switch the formula back well okay now the templates still say town one at the top and so i'm I'm gonna delete that so i don't oh okay i get it all right are we ready for our first town today drum roll drum roll please drum roll please yeah all right yeah i'm doing this open my coast style so uh clap it up clap it up clap it up for me and my my research (laughs) all right thank you lee okay town one Actually, only town I'm doing. <laughs> Excuse me again. My town today is called Iron Mountain, Michigan. Have you heard of Iron Mountain? The only reason I did is because I was doing my research last night and I was like, if he has the same town as me, this would be really bad. But no, other than just oh. seeing it on there, I didn't read the rest of it. I just saw the name and I was like, good. Not what I was picking. Okay. So, so uh, Iron Mountain, Michigan. Uh, it's in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Um, which is the part that's attached to Wisconsin between Lake Michigan and Lake Superior, I believe. Um, yeah, it's the it's the part of the Michigan that doesn't look like the hand. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, it's the, the yeah like Traverse is the part of the the, 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 it's on the hand. Yeah, 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 it's not they're both continental, yeah. but it's yes, it's the Upper Peninsula. So Iron Mountain is on the upper Upper Peninsula, and it's part of the. Iron Mountain Micropolitan Area. Ooh, oh, and I have information about statistical areas later on. Oh, well, I'm coming in hot with information about micropolitans right now. <gasps> oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I made sure to research this because as you guys have learned, we are 
learning about how cities and zones are designated through this podcast, which is a weird side note to like the actual theme of the podcast, which is just talking about places. I was, I set up our anchor account, Mm -hmm. which is how we're distributing. And I almost, I was like, you know what? Obviously we're a comedy podcast, but if we had a secondary category, travel, then like a bunch of other stuff. And then like last in the list would be educational, you know? I mean, yeah, I think all those things are true. I think I love learning on podcasts. And I think this, if anything, this could be loosely a travel podcast because if people like these places or are interested in them, we're only increasing the odds that someone will visit one of these places. We're basically the younger Travago guy if it was places rather than just hotels. I'm going to go ahead and call myself the Anthony Bourdain of Connor's bedroom. And... <laughs> 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 okay um all right anyway uh here we go micropolitan areas i'm gonna fill this in so iron mountain is a micropolitan or part of a micropolitan this is per the basically wikipedia definition i could find um micropolitans are labor market areas in the united states centered on an urban cluster with a population of at least ten thousand, but fewer than fifty thousand. The term micropolitan gained currency in the 1990s to describe growing population centers in the United States that are removed from larger cities. Micropolitans do not have the economic or political importance of larger cities, but nevertheless are significant centers of population and production, drawing workers and shoppers from a wide local area. Because the designation is based on the core urban clusters population and not on that of the whole area, some micropolitan areas are actually larger than some metropolitan areas. Interesting. And I think it, that just means in like landmass, like the oh, the area. Like I think it's okay. like larger in in like physical boundaries. Okay, I was thinking like people wise. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. But I, I yeah yeah. So yeah, the, the micropolitan is essentially ten to fifty thousand people in a nutshell. Well, in different towns that combine to make a statistical yeah, area. Right, exactly. Perfect. So yeah, um, so yeah, Iron Mountain is a mic is a city in a mic in the Iron Mic. Jesus Christ. Okay, hang on one second. That's right. We've Iron established Mount- this. We're on theme. We can't talk right. Okay, Iron Mountain, Michigan is a city in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, part of the Iron Mountain Micropolitan Area, and it was named for the valuable iron ore found in the vicinity. Mm. As you would not be surprised. Yeah. Could you guess what is over by Iron Mountain? Probably iron. Yeah. You would be right. <laughs> so the current population of Iron Mountain proper is 7624. Okay. Oh, that's bigger than your than your average size. Yeah. I had someone suggest a 50,000 person town to me <laughs> on Instagram and I was like, you fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good way to treat our first fan though. For suggestion. Uh oh, no. Yeah. Get out of here. No, yeah. Um Sorry, Hannah. What is our, I might I might do your town. <laughs> what is the size? Do we pick a size? I think no. we're just like I'm just going for small. Like I'm going for places like I don't want to talk about San Francisco. I don't want to talk about like LA. I don't want to talk about Denver. I don't like I want to go for like smaller. Like if if I name a state like I don't want to be able to do anything I'm already familiar with basically. Yeah. Like in terms of area. Yeah. So it could be like 20, 30,000. Yeah. Still like it needs to be not a not one of the top five. Right populated areas in the yeah. state or something like i mean yeah it would be like if for michigan for example like i wouldn't do detroit or like grand rapids yeah like which are two very big places that i know of right away mm-hmm. so 
just trying to keep it keep it small, you know. Okay, let's get into the facts about Iron Mountain. Iron Mountain. Make sure to wiggle my eyebrows. Micropolitan. Make sure to wiggle the eyebrows before we get into it. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did it quick there. Yeah, I'm I have been told in the past that I have very expressive eyebrows, which is quite the compliment. <laughs> um <laughs> top five compliment expressive eyebrows yeah that's pretty good it is i know compliments are great compliments i just have never heard someone say expressive about them that's what's good about it i know i love it i just think it's it's not what i was expecting and that's why it's funny oh i got my my best compliment this is my like number one someone called me that bitch with like capital like that like a couple weeks ago and i was like that's so nice like no one's ever called me that bitch before and that's a cool compliment you know i lee and i are looking at each other like we're not sure what you know what a compliment is yeah no it's it's good it i was, get it, it was, like if context, it's endearing, it's really good it, it was could endearing. be an endearing way but like yeah. if you just if someone just said what you said because i'm trying not to swear you know Give it up for Connor was like, should we like bleep the swear words out of the podcast? And I was like, you mean bleep my whole audio track and just not touch yours? <laughs> facts, though. Facts, though. Facts. Well, fact that. Oh, that works on two level. I was trying to do a transition back into the facts, but it was <laughs> like, please stay on track. OK, no, I just. All right. The eyebrow wiggling is done and we are uh, just kidding. Here it goes again. <laughs> do it on the mic. <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> that was an eyebrow wiggle for you. Yeah, out there. that's scratching you heard. We're doing ASMR now of eyebrows wiggling. Um, okay, so let's get into the facts. Um, Iron Mountain was once a mining city when the Chapin Mine was up and running. The land that the Chapin Mine was formed on was discovered in 1879. It was discovered by two men, James John Hagerman and Dr. Nelson Powell Holst. They had leased the land from a man from the the land from a man from Niles, Michigan, Henry Chapin, hence the name of the mine. So fact number one, this mine, the Chapin mine is like the centerpiece of this town's history, basically of the the history. Is it still ongoing? Is it like still a a, Mm, I don't uh, think it's a a job uh, source. uh, I think there's still a lot of mining in the area. I don't think that this particular mine is running in the mm-hmm. same way are they thinking to pull a centralia mm, and set the whole thing on fire <laughs> underground no but at the end they do have something underground that is a lot cooler oh, than a perpetual a fire surprise i yeah. like the builds it's the ark of the covenant no it's not <laughs> okay fact number two this one i put just kind of in here um this one I have two facts that go well together, and then this third fact that this fact that I'm reading right now doesn't fit as well, but I don't care because I like it. So Iron Mountain is home to one of the world's largest ski jumps, Pine Mountain Jump. Yeah, and uh, we got a ski boy over here. I, I'm a bit of a ski boy. Is that the phrase that they use? No. What do they, what do they call mountain heads? Skier. Oh, oh. <laughs> <Shoot>. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, Locally known as Giant Pine Mountain, it is reputed worldwide to be one of the best ski jumping facility. The ski jumping... and Okay, I put this sentence in here because this was on Wikipedia. I just thought it was funny how this was written because all it said is, the ski jumping fans are said to be friendly. 
end sentence. No other explanation. They're like, the ski jump fans are nice. I'm like, that's not factual information. The other thing that's really interesting, though, because someone needs to distinguish that, that means there are ski jumping fans out there that aren't nice. Some people just like, boo, ski jumping. Yeah, right. (laughs) Not high enough. Like, you know, when those ski jumpers come to town, it's going to be a rowdy weekend. (laughs) Police are going to get called a bunch because those ski jumping fans are dicks. But these ski jumping fans, friendly. Okay. It is also considered by most jumpers as the most challenging jump on the Continental Cup circuit and in the world. This is partly due to the fact that the top of the jump is nearly 600 feet above all of the surrounding landscape, giving the jumpers the same view that they would have if they were standing on top of a 60-story skyscraper. Wow. Yeah, so think about that. Because Michigan is so flat, this... this this jump is on a hill and there's like scaffolding that comes up mm-hmm. higher and the landscape is totally flat. So when you're up there looking down at the jump you're about to do, it would be like standing on a 60 story building looking down because of how flat everything is around you. Interesting. Is this also a place that you could ski year round? No, this is just a jump. Okay. Just a jump. So yeah. Um, so there's no, not other skiing either. It's just the, um, I don't think there is these like are deeper questions than yeah. normal, I guess. It didn't, it didn't seem like they have normal skiing. Like Michigan doesn't really have very much skiing and mm-hmm. like most, considering if the land's flat around it. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, most Midwestern places to ski are pretty sad. <laughs> pretty sad. Um, that's why the, uh, ski jump fans are meaner. Yeah, because they're like we they don't ski on beautiful mountain ranges. They ski at these like desolate Midwestern <laughs> jumps. Okay. All right. Um uh side note to this, the not only does it look like you're uh standing on top of a sixty story skyscraper, because of the jump and the hills rise above the surrounding landscape, there's a huge wind factor. So because there's nothing else that high up, you jump off this jump and then you're just getting pounded by the wind. Whereas normally if you do a ski jump in like Park City, Utah, for example, you're, you're cradled with mountains. So there's not as much wind like coming at you. Yeah. So that's uh, the that's ski jump. That's a uh, Pine Mountain jump. Um, and here we go. Fact number three, we're going back to mining. So... This is a little engineering fact for everyone. Um, Iron Mountain is home to the Chapin Mine steam pump, steam pump engine, the largest reciprocating steam-driven dri- steam engine ever built in the United States. The Chapin Mine proved to be the most productive in the Menominee Range, but part of the ore was beneath a cedar swamp and water seepage was a problem. So they were trying to mine... But they were under a swamp, so every time they'd mine, like things would fill out with water, and it was it's dangerous. It's bad. So they built this pump, the largest pump ever built in America, basically. Uh, the pump was conditioned in 1889 and completed in 1891. The pump cost $82,000, roughly $2 million today. Okay, yeah, I was going to be and asking the, that. Yeah, and the installation cost was an estimated $250,000, or like $600,000. Six six million six hundred thousand ish in two thousand nineteen. The flywheel on the pump is forty feet in diameter, weighs one hundred sixty tons, and has an average speed of only ten revolutions per minute. The engine itself rises fifty four feet above the floor of the room it's in. Um, the designers estimate the weight of the pump to be seven hundred twenty five tons overall. 
The pump extends 1,500 feet down into the mine and could pump 5 million gallons of water out of the mine each day, which is pretty cool. Um, the pump was almost scra- scrapped for metal during World War II, but it was saved by the locals because of the history and its important importance. Today, the uh, the Cornish Pumping Engine and Mining Museum exists on the site. So the pump is out of commission, but they they cleaned it up and it's there, and you can actually go visit it and walk on it, and it's it's big, it's huge. Like you can physically walk on the yeah. Pump. They have like a they have like a spiral kind of platform around it. Like oh, that's okay. I was like having a hard time visualizing. I know you said the the dimensions and everything, but I just that's not how my brain works. But once you said you're putting stairs around this thing so people can walk around it. That just like puts it in my head about how big this thing actually is. Right. Yeah. It's uh. Here's a. Let me pull up a picture. So the the mine must have been out of commission here a while ago if they were thinking about scrapping it during World War Two. Yeah, I believe what what happened was the um the ground after pumping and mining for so long the ground shifted beneath it, so that became like a kind of a liability. So they put it out of commission, but. I guess here's a here's a photo of it for those that are looking at home. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a uh, oh. it's huge. It's I mean it's 50 feet above the ground. The wheel is 40 feet in diameter. Like so they pulled it out of the ground for it. It's no, like the pump the pump is always above ground. And then there's like some type of tubing or something that yeah. would go. Okay. So yeah, the, the the mine shafts extend 1500 feet down, and basically, um, it's the same pumping motion that you see on like um, uh, drilling sites for like oil. Like it's just oh, that teetering, like, like uh, the people going on the train, they yeah, go up and down one side, yeah, yeah, similar like that, yeah. So it pumps up and down, and basically, what it does is there's like a there's a series of shafts. So the the deepest is fifteen hundred feet, and with its intake cycle, it pumps the water up, and with it with its outtake cycle, it blows the water out, but onto the next floor. So it takes it goes from like okay, so you pump water from fifteen hundred feet. That's, that's the police outside. Yeah, <laughs> but you would suck water from fifteen hundred feet. You'd blow it back out at eleven hundred, and then you'd suck that in at eleven hundred, blow it out at eight hundred. So it's like this continual cycle of pumping things up chambers to get it out of the mines that continue mining. This just gets maximum going. You can just tell. It's very cool. It's very cool. And I I picked this place literally just zooming around the map. Again. Yeah, you're, that's your that's your way. That's my way. And yeah, and it, it's it just it's really fascinating because it's just kind of a piece of like engineering history. Uh pretty neat. Um so yeah, there's a museum there now, and they have a mining museum and a World War II glider museum there as well, because Ford apparently made a bunch of gliders, so like engineless aircraft for World War II, and they like manufactured them in this area or something. So, so it's got a lot of history. Yeah. Like you could go around and almost see like a, a different uh, pieces of different times. Right, exactly. So yeah, they basically have this enormous pump there. They have the ski jump, and then... Fact number four, this one is what we were going to get back to. What's down in the mine? Is it a perpetually burning fire? No, it's better than that. Iron yeah, Mountain. I mean, there's not much things worse than that. A yeah. Perpetually, but. I mean, a haunted mine haunted, that's on fire. <laughs> balls and orbs out there. They got a lot of balls, lot of and, balls orbs and orbs of fire. Orbs. Yep. So, uh, fact number four Iron Mountain's abandoned Millie Hill mine is home to one of the largest bat hibernacula in the midwest roughly 25 to 50,000 bats make their winter home there 
The mine is about 360 feet deep, and they have a special cover on the shaft that allows bats to enter and leave, but like protect it. And they stay there during the winter. And you can view them, the bats going in and out of the cave during May and September. Those are best viewing times. So there's this huge bat habitat in this old mine shaft, which I think is really cool. That's well, like bats are good for like spreading seeds and stuff. Like they'll eat whatever they eat. A lot of flies and stuff too, but if they like fruit, well, I guess those are fruit bats. I don't know. I don't know enough about bats. That's what I'm learning right now. Um, They're really cute. That's subjective for sure. Uh, Lee's nodding. Like, I don't think bats are cute. I think bats are cool. Um, Cute up to uh, you. You decide. Fact number one, bats are cute. (laughs) Fact number two, Connor's wrong. (laughs) No. I no, I think that's really cool about I don't know. I just oftentimes we think about when people are mining, like humans have mined, we're destroying the earth, but mm-hmm. then we've now repurposed this thing that's been out of commission, this mine that's been out of commission for such mm-hmm. a long time to be a habitat for uh, a different species. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Have you ever have you ever seen the bats in Austin? You've been to Austin, Texas? I have not. So they have a bridge there. I think it's congress bridge sure i don't know i can't remember yeah. the name someone's gonna shit on me and be like you got the rock, bats are gonna shit on you the bats but you go there and during sunset like during the the spring like there's just like thousands of bats that hibernate under it so at sunset they all fly away in this big cloud it's super That's cool spooky nature's beauty nature's cuties. nature's cuties damn it you beat me to it <laughs> well those are the small oranges cuties bats are cuties too Two types of cuties. Two types of cuties. Oh, how about cutie bats eating cutie fruities? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's nice. So, would you live there? No. (laughs) I would. Northern Michigan is not. I would visit. Yeah. I think what, what I would definitely visit almost exclusively for the pump because that's pretty cool. And I love reading plaques and visiting museums. And Maxim. I love reading plaques. Yeah, I, that's, that's what I'm into, you know. And there's the other cool ski jump there. I'd like to, I'm not really into ski jumping because I'm more into like freestyle skiing yeah. and backcountry type stuff. But ski jumping is a pretty cool sport. Um, yeah. So I'm interested in that, you know. And, and they're uh, very nice, so. And yeah, the, the fans are, the ski jumping fans are friendly. So yeah, we'd, we'd fit in. Yeah. And so, uh, I'll, yeah, and I'm from Michigan, but I've never been to the Upper Peninsula. And apparently it's just like, it's a lot more rural. It's much wilder up there, like really beautiful nature. And you're between the two lakes, so there's lots of great camping and stuff. So I would like to go there at some point. No like, tart trail, though. No tart trail. That's no tart true. Trail. So yeah, that's uh, that is Iron Mountain, Michigan. Those great. are my facts I brought to the table. Nice. And I'm realizing that I shouldn't pick engineering facts because we don't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, we're bringing in a new demographic today. Yeah. But I think that's cool to at least talk about. things. We're bringing information. So the, the, the format of the show is that I put everyone to sleep and then Connor comes in and has a, has a town that's named like Pee Pee Poo Poo Wisconsin and then we all laugh with him. I would pick a town called Pee Pee Poo Poo Wisconsin. <laughs> very like that'd be my number one town yeah i'd be Um, like we got to save this for our hundredth episode this this would be uh where we take a commercial break though yeah so i thought in in replacement of that i realized i forgot to put on deodorant and we're recording at home so i'm gonna apply deodorant okay do you want to plug what deodorant you use do you want to make up an advertisement we can make up an advertisement for something else 
I'm looking at his deodorant, and I am judging the brand because it doesn't look like it would be that effective based on... Oh, it does. Is it? Yeah. Oh, did you hear that? We're doing some deodorant ASMR, so... Wait. That's him applying deodorant. This so, is podcasting 101. This is podcasting Never forget your deodorant. Listen also, here, guys. Also, this room's stuffy because it's a New York apartment building. And yeah. There are three people in the smallest room in this apartment. Um, but I've applied. Apply deodorant. Yeah. Apply it always. And if you're listening, if uh, if you give us ads, you won't have to listen to Connor putting on deodorant. That was the point I was trying to make. You're right. I forgot yeah. <laughs> to put on deodorant because I thought no one wants to hear this. They'll obviously give us ad money to replace it. Yeah, exactly. And like I bought deodorant yesterday. And you know, I was thinking I would love to, if, to be sponsored deodorant? by deodorant of some type. So I didn't have to go and buy this. How often do you buy deodorant? Oh, geez. Like once every three months, probably. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not you, that frequent. Yeah. You, if I got a case of deodorant, I would like cry because I don't, I don't have room for this. <laughs> I'm not going to use it all. Yeah. I've realized, you know what lasts the longest of most high, like out of, out of the majority of hygiene products? Is it shampoo? Floss. Floss. Floss lasts forever. You get a football field of floss every time you buy floss. It's 100 yards. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, at least in my, the floss that I've bought for a long time. Like, it lasts forever. I floss every day, and it's... It would be fun to tie floss between two goalposts on a football field That's and then just run down the football field and then like floss your teeth without using your hands <laughs> it's very specific imagery but that's what i thought of yeah so that's our ad break yeah right? that's our ad break uh sponsor us so we don't have to subject you guys to this anymore it wasn't it was fine it was fun it's- um I, I'm going to be investigating that deodorant once we're done with the episode because I want to know a brand that is. And it was a it was a gift. It's definitely more of a natural type of deodorant. Okay, yeah, it looks like it because it doesn't. It's not like electric it blue. Great though. The for those of you viewing at home, the 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 label was white and green, and the deodorant itself was like a charcoal. That's color. that is accurate. So if you imagine what that deodorant is, it's like that Portlandia sketch where they she's mm-hmm. like natural deodorant one two three four, <laughs> and she like puts it on like sixteen times. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. We ready? I think we're ready. Back from the ad. Back from the ad break. All right. So we're uh, we're going to Leavenworth, Washington. Oh boy. Yeah. Now that I say it, I feel like I'm saying it wrong because I'm so nervous about everything. Just call it like it is, Connor. It's pee pee poop, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's spelled L E A V E N Worth. W-O-R-T-H. Oh, that's definitely Leavenworth. That's how I thought it was, but then I read it and I was like, oh, what if it's a like Leavenworth? Leavenworth. Yeah. Leavenworth. Leavenworth. We're going to go with that? Leavenworth. Also, when Max walked in, I was like, I just finished my pronouncers, and then I read the very first thing. I'm like, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, I picked a place where I don't have to write pronouncers, <laughs> and he was like, well, I have to forget how to pronounce worth. <laughs> Leavenworth. Okay. So it's the city of Leavenworth in Washington. Okay. And it's part of the Wenatchee. 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 Nice pronouncers, dummy. <laughs> look at it. I copied and pasted it. And then I was like, I don't know if that's A. When, I think it's a soft A. Wenatchee. Yeah, Wenatchee. That's what I was saying. But then I let, read it. I never copy and paste pronouncers. That's rule 101 of podcasting. Rule 101 is just when you find a word you don't know, go to YouTube and just 
type the word in. See, I've done that before, and sometimes the computers read them, and they're very wrong. Yeah, it's like Microsoft saying, yeah. like, Wenatchee. Yeah, so it's Wenatchee and East Wenatchee Statistical Area. Okay. So I was talking about statistical areas before, and like uh, getting the information, copy and paste from Wikipedia. Oh. I pointed at Maxim, so you know it's is, an important point. We should just be sponsored by Wikipedia. We should. This is what we do, all of our info. Instead of those ads that pop up on the top of Wikipedia that says, help us survive and donate, it's just the pictures of us and be like, donate to these fools. Yeah, right. Here's a couple of idiots that <laughs> yeah. you should donate to. So uh, the United States federal government defines and delineates the nation's metropolitan areas as stati- statistical per- for statistical purposes. Good reading on my part. Thank you. Uh, using a set of standard statistical area definitions. As of 2013, the U.S. Office of Management and Budget, OMB, for those of you interested in acronyms, defined and delineated 388 metropolitan statistical areas, MSAs, and 541 micropolitan statistical areas um, in the United States and Puerto Rico. So they're just like, uh, metropolitans are larger Statistical areas, micropolitan, as Max and pointed out, are smaller ones. So mm-hmm. it's just areas for the U.S. government to be like, this is an area we're going to collect data, statistical information from. What's surprising to me is there's 388 metropolitan areas. That's so many. You know, well, like, there's 541 micropolitans. Yeah. That's crazy because it's just like when you're a kid and you learn the state capitals, we got 50 states, they all have one yeah, capital. That's true. And you're like, oh, that's 50 places. That's a lot. And then you learn like, oh, there's other big cities and places, but like 388 metropolitan areas. Like that's crazy. That's like six per state, per state, seven per state, basically on average. Yeah. I mean, well, the more, you know, am I right? The more, you know, this Um, podcast is about learning and reading things wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So we're in Leavenworth, right? The location is just North of the center of Washington. Okay. Um, and the population is 1,965 at the 2010 census. Tiny. On par with Hampstead, New Hampshire. Didn't get an update. How many hamsters are there now? In Hampstead? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, this is that ties in great transition. We didn't oh. plan it, but I'm building to something, and I'm going to explain. This oh. first fact is just, you know, just to get, just to get you, your toes in the water, in the hot tub. See, this show, like I said, I put them to sleep. Connor, Connor not, wakes him up. That's I, what we're doing. Okay, here's one. Are this there is, engineering facts in there? He's, he's like, no. No? Um, okay, let's go, let's go. Okay, Leavenworth is home to the Leavenworth Nutcracker Museum. Ooh, oh boy. Which opened in 1995, and you're wondering why is 1995 an important year? Okay. Well, it's the year I was born, so. Damn. Um, and here's, the, here's where it gets good. Okay. This Nutcracker Museum, home to over 5,000 Nutcrackers, <laughs> which like you'd think like, oh, that's, 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 that's cool. But then you think about it. Leavenworth has two, un, just under 2,000 people, <laughs> 5,000 Nutcrackers. Ooh, horror story idea. There's a Nutcracker for every person that lives there. And when you die, your Nutcracker disappears. It's so like what, what, dolls of people, but so the three hundred other the three thousand extra nutcrackers. Oh, you're saying this is a different idea. This is not connected to this, this is, town. This is not exactly a one to one thing. But like, imagine having a nutcracker of yourself, and you <laughs> and everyone you know has it, and it's in a museum, and you have to protect it in case anything happens to the museum. That's a very creative idea. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, coming this fall to my sketch show that doesn't exist. Nutcrackers. Nutcrackers. Um, 
April 18th, 2020. That's a Nutcracker Day at the museum. They'll have a Nutcracker April making. April 18th, 2020. Okay. Yeah, so. Two days before 420. Interesting My half birthday. Very, very astute. Thank you. Um, okay, that's fact, that's fact one. You get your toes wet. Okay, my toes are wet. We're building to something My toes are here. cracked, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's, that's one. Okay, we're building. We're building here. So in... Uh, in 1903, Lafayette Lamb, son of Chancey Lamb, arrived from Clinton, Iowa, to build the second largest sawmill in Washington State in the town of Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. And um, the the Lamb family was like a were, were sawmill barons. Okay. Okay. So uh, in the early 1900s, the town was a thriving industrial destination, and one of the reasons for that was the the Great North Railway had headquarters in the city. Okay. And so the town in just north of the Rio Grande in Texas. Langtree. Langtree. So you know how they changed the highway? The, the Yeah. So in the 1920s, the railroad moved from uh, Leavenworth to Wenatchee and basically decimated the economy. Right. 1920s. Yeah. Okay. That's fact number two. Okay. Right there. Fact number three. This is what we're building towards. This is oh, this is yeah. where it gets good. This is what I want. So backstory. I was looking up like themed towns in America because oh, because Christmas Florida was still in my mind. I was like, I wonder if there's another place like Valentine something or other. Well, I didn't find those type of things. But here's what happened. Um, this is from Leavenworth.org slash backslash history. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> To quote, in the early 1960s, town leaders had a bright idea. Change Leavenworth's appearance to draw visitors. Fair. Interesting. Okay. Good move. If the gorgeous Alpine Hills had no equal except in German Bavaria, the city planned on completing the experience. So to translate that. They're appropriating German culture. In the 1960s, (laughs) the town decided to renovate all building fronts and make it look like Bavar- uh, Bavarian Germany. Are Bavarian you... Germany. Oh my God, dude. Are you serious? And not only that, they decided to bring in uh, like themed days and like just basically make it Bavaria. And if you don't know Bavaria, it's a state in Southeast Germany. Um, oh, but- you're not kidding. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I looked it up and this place is literally there like, hey, what if we were just someplace else? Um, so the rest of the website <laughs> read, this uh, This is no mere facelift. In addition to completely renovating the downtown area, community leaders created a series of festivals drawing uh, revelers into town. From there, the Autumn Leaf Festival, Manifest, and the immensely popular Christmas Lighting Festival were born and continue to this day. To say the change worked is like saying you can taste a hint of cabbage and kraut. For decades, Leavenworth has been a top tourist destination in the Pacific Northwest. More than a million tourists walk our streets every year, finding, quote, Bavarian authenticity and Northwest hospitality. Interesting. So, like, I just... uh, that was the stepping stones. You know, like, oh, we have a Nutcracker Museum. Oh, we used to be a different thing. Like... They just were like in the 1960s, in the 1960s, not that long after World War II, the Berlin Wall is still up. They're like, you know what? We're going to make this place Germany. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
I wonder, okay, looking at the pictures of this on Google, this is actually a really beautiful place. Oh, it's it's incredible. I mean, they attract millions of tourists for a reason. Mm-hmm. Do you know if they have, like, skiing up there? Um, I mean, it's it's Washington. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Lee. <laughs> I didn't get... There's mountains there, so... I tried to, like, look up more of the history of the town, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know, but it's it's Washington. Right. Which So they don't get a ton of snow, but if you have a high enough elevation, you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, this place is cool. I mean, it's literally just, like... Yeah, I mean... it's Like, there, there's a picture of people that are wearing, like, lederhosen and dirndls Yeah, they have, like, the Oktoberfest. Like- <laughs> but think about it. It's... You have... you convincing... Like almost two thousand people, you're like, you know what? This isn't working. Like, what we're doing is not working for us. So why don't we just take another country and a state with another country? Let's just make it right here. Like, are you on board with that idea? Can you change your your shop front to make it look like Bavaria? It cracks me up so much. I will. I wonder. Good one. Good reference. Nutcracker. Oh, geez, that is good. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's so funny though, because it's like, I wonder how many like Germans or Bavarians actually have been there or live there yeah or if it's just like they were literally just like all right it's just it kind of looks like germany let's just make it yeah i mean the wikipedia page wasn't too extensive and neither was their town website about the transitional process um but there's like two businessmen were kind of like all right let's try it out in one place and then the town's just like let's let's go let's let's do this all in what if everyone in the town was like polish immigrants or something or like (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I just want to get into the psychology of how everyone's just like, this is, this is our idea. This This is how to make our town work after the railroad left. Yeah. This, I I love this idea. And this is actually really similar to what Santa Fe did Mm -hmm. actually around similar time, like sixties or seventies. They used to have a military base in Santa Fe, which meant everyone was there and they had an economy. Once the military base closed down, people stopped coming and they were like, well, what can we do to bring people to Santa Fe? So what they decided to do was renovate all of their buildings to quote unquote Puebloify the town. So now if you go to Santa Fe, everything looks like native Pueblo buildings or is built in that style because they wanted to create a consistent theme that people would want to come see. That's yeah. I mean, I Which think it's like a similar, well, it's like, there's one thing to do it stylistically, mm-hmm. but then to do, culturally as well yeah these like the the, next step yeah i love that their host they were like all right let's dress the whole thing up all right now let's pretend let's have events let's have a good time let's let's make it truly feel like you're you're in germany which the other thing too that's very interesting i just to point out on their website talking about the history they do talk about the native american people who lived in that area uh that's how they start like it wasn't the way it is and they like do they just acknowledge the the native populations that lived in that area. But then I also find it really funny to be like, all right, we've acknowledged the Native American people uh, who used to live here, and then we acknowledge our industrial past, and then we just decide to go, instead of to that history, to the history of another country. Yeah. It just, it's, it's ironic. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very, I'm going to... I'm going to give the folks in Leavenworth, Washington, a rating of three thumbs up for the effort. I, an A++, if you will, for really just being like, you know what? Our town sucks. You know what we make it better? Let's just dress this whole thing up like somewhere else. I'm now just thinking of someone coming out in an improv scene, pointing at the town that they want. And they're like, come here. 
come here. And then they just yes. And the shit out of <laughs> Bavaria. They just like, okay, we're going to, we need to dress this town up. Like somewhere people want to go where, yeah. and they spin the globe and then just ha. Yeah. Oh, Bavaria. I mean, it, that picture that you have up on your screen that everyone can clearly see is it's beautiful there. No. Yeah. I was, I was expecting it to be like a bit more dingy, but the, the mountain views are really pretty. The, they actually did a great job with the buildings and like how they look. It's just, this is a very, uh, cute place if you will cute but connor's gonna be like that's subjective and i'm gonna be like no it's a fact I this town fine. is cute the bats what's bats cuter are, bats or this town um bats are cute regardless of this town's existence so <laughs> this town is also cute regardless of bats yeah i wonder if there's any bats over here i don't know my great question let's let's call and be like hey we don't we don't want to hear about why you did this do you have bats? By Do you chance? have a bat population? Do you have a bat like a uh, cave, perhaps in a giant boot or something? <laughs> um, we're uh, yeah, we're we're past. Uh, we've hit our target time. Oh, really? We're at an hour already? No, we're at forty-five. That was oh. when we said we'd signal it. Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk though. Let's talk. Yeah, we got what's, some time to talk. So this is when we, you know, we talk about what's. Would you would you say someone came to your neighborhood in New York City mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna make this look like like um, France in the nineteen twenties, not not Paris, France in mm-hmm. the nineteen twenties. We need you to dress up accordingly and change the way your apartment looks. How would you feel? Uh, I would be annoyed by it." I'm not going to that effort. But my roommate is a French chef and he would be like, ooh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, well, <laughs> I think this is where this is where you might diff like this is where the, the why you might not commit. What if we took away your economy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what if you made zero money if you didn't dress up? Yeah. <laughs> and didn't change your room. I I mean I'd be like, I guess my hands are tied. Yeah. I I I'm impressed by the commitment and really want to see this town if you if you got to dress up your neighborhood though as another place like this where we are in crown heights yeah where what would you if you could dress crown it up crown heights like, new york really yeah if I, you could dress it up like anywhere else where, what would it be hampstead like? new hampshire oh, oh my god <laughs> i don't know i don't know enough me being like paris me the fact that i said france before paris france showed how much mental uh, ability I needed to draw from to pick that out. Wow. Yeah, I'm very... Cultural. You can't even answer answer an improv question on the spot. Yeah. We're making the scene. We're setting the scene. Oh. We're based reality. It's our based reality time. Yeah, if you had to dress up your neighborhood like... Oh, uh, here, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me start the scene. <clears throat> Pretend I walked away from the microphone. You. Okay. Hi, I'm a venture capitalist, and we are redecorating your neighborhood to look like anywhere in the world of your choice. You, the mayor of this neighborhood, what where where would you like to what would you like to dress it up as? Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley. Okay, that's cool. That's a fictional place, <laughs> but that is cool. Goblins. Goblins. <laughs> Make everyone dress like goblins. Like we're having the annual goblin festival. <laughs> Get everyone with those pointy ass ears on. Oh my uh. god. That would be, I'd be super down for that. Like, honestly, like when I hear Goblin Festival, I'm like, it's going to get routed. Like, people <laughs> are going to be trashed and it's going to be a dirty affair. Okay. Well, this is, I remember what I was thinking about before. What, what Leavenworth has done 
is what some town in North Dakota should do. Yes. Because we talked yes. about how they just have things that you can go and you stop. Well, you, you like get out of your car for a minute or you continue driving and then yeah. just going. You you experienced it. Right. This is an experience. Right. Well, they. I think what makes this, the, the, the thing that sets it apart here is the commitment to a theme and the festivities. Is like if it just looks like Bavaria, it's like, okay, kind of neat drive through. But if it's a place where it's like, oh, we're going to do Oktoberfest and we're going to have all these parties and stuff. And like we have events going on that are like themed like this. Like, okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I yeah. can stick around here. If you could add a um, uh, an engineering monument to Leavenworth or a place that has a theme, let's say uh, Diagonale mm-hmm. Crown Heights, uh, what what would be your big draw? Like an engineering monument, like a, I think a giant Tesla coil would be something I'd be super into seeing. See, that did nothing for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can tell. I can tell. Because I'm an electrical engineer. I'm not a mechanical engineer. It's so like the pump that. is very cool because of its like size. I think I, I haven't seen a Tesla coil in real life that's any appreciable size. They're all pretty, pretty like smallish. I'm looking up a Tesla coil because I had no idea. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, it's an AC generator and it's still not it. It arcs through the air and uh, there's like lightning that comes off of it, basically. Oh, I think I've seen one of those at the Boston Museum of Science. Yeah, you definitely definitely have. Those things are cool. But like, yeah, they oh, yeah. they uh, basically Tesla back in the day wanted to provide free electricity for the globe. And mm-hmm. he found that like if you have these Tesla coils and you're you're in a room with them, you could grab like either end of a light bulb and the light bulb would light up because it would just have electricity in the air that would conduct through you. I feel like that idea, while it has merit, could be dangerous. Yeah, there's a whole thing. I'm not going to get into it, but there's a lot of documentaries about Nikola Tesla, and he's... Including... He was um, absolutely incredible. What what was it? Um, The the documentary he was in with Christian Bale. The Uh, Dark Knight? No, no, no. Tesla... uh, Ah, oh, the reference. I needed to be quicker with the reference. It's one of my favorite movies. Not, it's the one before Inception. Shutter Island. No. Oh, my. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, is it The Prestige or The Illusionist? Prestige. Yes. Oh, okay. my goodness. That's one of my favorite movies. I haven't I seen that one. Tesla makes an appearance. David Bowie plays Tesla. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If you honestly, like, if you don't know anything about Tesla, it's definitely worth just going to YouTube and watching, like, a 30-minute documentary because he was really an incredible person. Like, fascinating feats of engineering shit yeah i uh, he's croatian serbian i thought he was croatian because my i had a uh, he might be croatia he was from serbia so he might be croatian but lived in serbia let's see let's see because my roommate um was croatian and he would always mention that tesla planning to open store and that's not helpful serbian american inventor let's see this isn't as exciting. What else are we going to no. talk about? I was going to say, if you were, um, oh, I'm not going to ask. Yeah, like, modern day Croatia. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 But yeah, um, I don't want to talk about just engineering stuff, but I was going to be like mining. If you were mining for rocks, what kind of rocks would you find? It's a you, boring you, okay. question. Do you know if you got to make a habitat for an animal in a town, if you like, if you got to like, be like, I'm going to make a thing so that these creatures can live here. Okay. What would you do? What, what would your habitat so be? So I, Clearly need uh, a lot of open space. 
mm-hmm. um, for my animal. Okay. Um, like some woods, definitely like ferrets to have their like their prey that they go after. Um, because I want to build a habitat for hippogriffs. <sighs> you should have seen that coming. You should have. Insufferable Harry Potter fans. I... You, if you set me up and I already made a Harry Potter reference, it's always going back to Harry yeah. Potter. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put my Harry Potter unpopular opinion at the end of this podcast. Oh my goodness. Harry should have died at the end of the movies. What? Ali is nodding. That's- yes. You're the only person who's ever agreed with me on this. Yeah, because you're wrong. This is why I hang out with her more than I hang out with you, Connor. <laughs> no, like, okay. We're just booking the, the, the podcast with making fun of me. Yeah. The person with the equipment. The person with the equipment and the <laughs> editing skills. No. My thing is, is Harry should have died at the end because the whole time they're all like, the only way that you're going to kill, like the only way Voldemort dies is if you dies. Harry, Harry makes die. the ultimate sacrifice, yeah. but then he, they bring him back to life in some fairy tale bullshit way. I'm like, if he dies permanently, the story is somber and beautiful. But if he comes back to life, it's like, what the fuck is this? Is this yeah, a but kid's Voldemort movie? wasn't dead and the, the last Horcrux was still out there. We would have had an incomplete story. Harry should have died at the end. Because Harry comes back. <laughs> this is Harry is dead, quote unquote, and then he's being held in Hagrid's arms. And then um, Harry's... So, it, like, okay, what Harry does when he dies um, is the same type of magic his mom does does when she dies. Because it's the love that makes Voldemort not as strong. So when he tries to silence the people to explain that Harry's dead, people keep on breaking the spell because of what Harry did. So um, during that scene, when Harry's still quote unquote dead, Neville finds the sword and kills the snake, the last Horcrux. So the, the book would never have been resolved. Harry should have died at the end. It's a better story if Harry dies. You can fight me on this. I don't care. I don't care how it happened or what went down. All I know is that it would be a better story if he died. And Connor's taking notes. It's probably like push Maxim downstairs afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're getting close to an hour now. No, we're not. Yeah, we don't are. Don't I mean, that was probably like seven minutes of banter. Yeah, and we were at like 50 45. before oh I, well I all right hippogriff farmer is calling the yeah the what would you farm now. what would i farm bats of course nah i mean bats are cool um i do like them but i think oh that's a tough one because i would love to live on a big plot of lamb land that's full of kittens you know like a bunch of cats i love them um cats, cats be cool. are killing the environment like outdoor we don't, cats. We don't talk about that. Yeah. We don't talk. Us cat parents don't talk about that. I keep my cat inside like a responsible Because you live in New York City. Actually, I've seen a lot of. A lot of outdoor cats yeah. in New York City. Yeah. Very surprised. Very rugged. A lot rugged. of bodega cats. I don't, love the bodega cats. Um, I think aside from cats, though, I mean, if I got to make a habitat, it would be, I guess I would take one for the team and just be like rhinos. Because I'd be like, we got to. Yeah, have a place for the rhinos. I like that. I will dig a deep mine shaft that we can keep all our rhinos in. Is that where rhinos stay? <laughs> it is now because that's the space we have available. <sighs> Plugs? Plugs? Okay. At um, the end? My name is Maxim Allen. You can follow me on Twitter oh at Maxim of Allen. You can also find me uh, on, well, you can find the podcast on Instagram at ST Radio Pod, Twitter at ST Radio Pod. You can shoot us an email with town suggestions or anything you want to talk about at um, smalltownradiopodcast at gmail.com 
I'm sure that once we get people start writing in and stuff, we can do like listener mail at the beginning of the episode or something, but that's a conversation for a later time. Yeah. But come on, like give us something to work with. We would love to interact with you guys, our listeners. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, I also haven't said my name all podcast. This is a new record. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, uh, my name, oh, wait, wait, I have, I'm coming over uh, off the end of a cold. Uh, my name is Connor Kfiechin. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, K-A underscore F-I-A underscore chain, like the necklace. And um, I have a show coming up December 13th Ooh. at Broadway Comedy Club. Also, I'm working really hard on uh, sprucing up my set, trying to make it strong. As you can see, living at, uh, watching from home, I have my cork board up with my, my A-list material as well as new ideas. If you go down the topic list, you have spirit animal, license plates, planning my funeral, dog owners, and my son. Uh, and last, closing the show, is uh, Star Wars Pooper, of course, a classic. And what's great about his set is he doesn't swear at all. Uh, Except for Storm Pooper. And I think that new one. And the new one, yeah. Yeah, which I really like. Yeah, so we're going to bleep Connor when he's live. And I'm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anything else? Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening so much. Uh, Subscribe and comment, rates, share it around. Do all that stuff. Um, Um, We'll be back. Next, Next week, week, we're doing... So our releases are every Monday. Every Monday. Um, and at Monday o'clock. Yes, at Monday o'clock. New, we record a week in advance, so we just kind of put it out. Yeah. Um, so this this is being recorded as of November 10th. 10th yes. And then this will come out on like the 18th. Yes, so we have yeah. eight days to edit. Um, so yeah. We'll figure out Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll, we're, we're going to work out on... And stuff like that. So great. Thank you for listening again. Thanks so much. I say small, you say town, I say radio. Small town radio. Oh, Lee was gonna clap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you everybody. That's awesome.